You're listening to the Earn That Body Podcast, episode number 321. Welcome to the Earn That Body Show with Kim Eagle. Kim is an award-winning personal trainer. She trains her clients all over the world online and is passionate about empowering people by getting fit and healthy. Body Podcast. This is Kim Eagle, and today we are going to talk about something that might surprise you because it is the workout that I have primarily been doing for cardio, and it is not your typical high-impact, crazy, hard, long-endurance workout, but it's probably one of the best workouts you can do for your body, and over the last several months, I have to say it has definitely surprised me. So we're going to talk about that, but I want to make sure that everybody knows Obviously, we are at the end of the summer, and a lot of people are emailing me saying, well, what are you going to have for September? It seems like everybody knows they want to finish off the summer, they want to enjoy it, and I agree. Definitely go finish your vacations. Kids are going back to school before you know it. Enjoy what you've got, but if you know you want to get back on track in September, there are lots of choices to get you uh, dialed back in. We do have the Real Food Reset. That is a 10-day program that launched about a year ago and highly successful. A lot of people are repeating it in September. So it is an option. If you've done it before, you can repeat the Real Food Reset. If you haven't done it, it is a fantastic 10-day program where I'm gonna pretty much give you everything you need, what you're gonna eat, all your recipes, but in the cleanest way possible to really clean things up. So Real Food Reset, you can check that out at earnthatbody.com. There is a button right on the top of the website that says Real Food Reset. We also have the five-week Earn That Body program. If you've never done it before, that's going to include your workouts and personalized nutrition to help you with weight loss. If you haven't done Earn That Body in a long time, maybe you haven't done the five-week revamped version of Earn That Body, I highly recommend it. And then for those of you who have done Earn That Body in the past, probably one of my best programs ever that launched this year is Recommit. And Recommit is only for people who have completed the five-week Earn That Body program in the past and need to get back on track and recommit to themselves, to their nutrition, and to their workout. So it is an awesome new program. If you haven't done Recommit, you can definitely do that in September. A lot of people who did recommit are recommitting again in September, so you can repeat, and I would change up your workout calendar. So, so many things you can do, but if you have no idea where to begin, you can always email me, kim at earnthatbody.com. Tell me what your goals are, tell me what you're currently doing, and I will help you pick the best program to meet your needs to help you reach your goals in the fall. All right, so today we are gonna be talking about a workout that is not so typical for me in the past, but is probably one of the best workouts that you can do truly for your body, and I'm just starting to learn that in all ways, shapes, and form. And it's walking. So you're probably like, oh my God, she's gonna do a whole podcast on walking. Honestly, I am, and I'm going to tell you why, because there's so many benefits to walking that people don't even realize, and I want you to understand that while I am recovering from injuries, I have only been doing walking for my cardio workouts, and guess what? My weight is not climbing, and so I think that's really important because we think we have to do these beat down workouts all the time, especially cardio to keep our weight in check. And so now that I'm seeing, hey, 
I can kind of maintain what I've got going here without doing all these beat down workouts. Maybe this is where I really need to be long-term because I don't know about you, but I don't want to age with any more injuries. So this year has been a real wake-up call for me. I have patellar tendinopathy that I'm getting PRP on um, in just a couple weeks, and I have um, some tendinitis in my glute, which is a compensation from the knee thing, and all I know is that I haven't been able to really work out the way I used to for this entire year, and it's been heartbreaking in some ways, but it's also been life-changing in some ways, meaning I don't think I'm ever going back to what I used to do because I'm feeling so good doing what I'm doing now and I want to age gracefully and I want to age feeling great and I want to age with no pain and that might mean that I don't run anymore. I don't know. Now I have to tell you, I love to run. You all know that. I've done eight marathons. I had two more on uh, my calendar and my goal list. But if I don't do those two more, I'm going to live and I'll probably be better for it. So I might not be able to run again. I might be able to run shorter distances and I might choose to and I might choose not to because again, what I'm doing currently and I'm gonna share that with you is benefiting me in so many more ways and I'm not gaining weight. So many people think, well, I have to run. That's what keeps my weight in check or that's what's gonna help me lose weight. Well, I'm here to tell you that's actually not the case. So we're gonna talk about all of that after this. And now, it's time for the Eagle's Eye on Health. These are Kim's quick tips, latest health news, or piece of weekly inspiration. So in today's Eagle Eye on Health, I do want to give more of an update about my injuries and how things are coming along. Just because I'm asked about it so often, I get so many DMs and people want to know, am I back to doing what I'm doing? And I thought, well, this is a perfect episode. I'm talking about walking. I'm talking about what I'm currently doing and what's going on. So the latest update is that that I still have patellar tendinopathy that's not going away by itself. So I'm getting PRP injected into my knee with um, something called tenotomy, and that's happening um, in a couple weeks. Now, tenotomy is where they basically take a little needle and they're gonna go in and out into the tendon to basically, um, to make it bleed because the tendons don't have a lot of blood flow and that's why they don't heal very well, especially mine, it is not healing on its own. So they're gonna do tenotomy where they make the tendon bleed and then they're gonna put the PRP in at the same time. Now PRP is something that I could do a whole podcast on in itself and I don't even know a lot of the intricacies of it yet, but I will tell you that they're basically taking my own blood and then they sort of centrifuge it through some system and then they inject it back into my knee and into the tendon. And there's just an incredible benefit of healing when you do that. Now, PRP is unfortunately not covered by insurance because it is not, I guess, technically approved 100% or more so that it may not work. And so it sort of is still somewhat experimental, although been around for a very long time. Now, I will say I've been to six or seven doctors now. I've had many, many (laughs) second opinions, third opinions, fourth opinions, up to like seven opinions. And one thing they all say is that you need PRP. And that's probably one of the only things I can do for my knee at this point. So I'm gonna be doing that. And then in my glute, Sadly, I have to wait all the way until September to get an ultrasound to see what's going on there because the MRI showed fairly clear, except they know there's some kind of tendonitis there as well. So very sort of um, 
sad in that nothing is healed yet. But the good thing is I did get a cortisone shot in my knee, so I have zero pain in it. But they did an ultrasound recently and said, you don't have pain, but the tendon is still not happy. It is still not healthy. It still needs to be resolved. Cortisone does not fix the tendon. It does not heal it. it just takes the inflammation away. So all that to be said, that's where I'm at. And it's been a really trying year because as most of you know, I'm an endurance athlete. I love to do triathlons. I love to do marathons. And it's been really hard for me to step back. I haven't really been able to do any serious lifting lower body. And they're so afraid that the tendon might rupture. I'm not allowed to bike because of my hamstring glute issue. I'm not allowed to run because of my knee uh, hamstring issue. So I haven't really had a lot of options for my workouts. But what I have been able to do is a lot of mobility work, a lot of yoga. I've gone back and done a lot of almost ballet style workouts. I guess you could call some of it bar, but it's not your typical bar type of workouts. I'm doing a lot of Pilates, but also not your typical Pilates. And I'm working very, very much on my core. Now you're probably thinking, well, you already have a strong core. I didn't have a strong core in this way. <laughs> That's what I have been working on so deeply is more of this really deep inner core, something you do definitely get with Pilates types workouts um, and doing very slow work uh, that has been incredible, not just for my body as a whole and to help me sort of keep moving, but also really incredible to help keep my alignment going in my body because I do have some back issues and scoliosis. So it's been incredible for my alignment, for my core, and to help me maintain a lot of my muscle tone, which I'm amazed that I haven't lost a lot more muscle. So that's sort of everything about where I'm at. The most important giveaway or takeaway that I want you to have from my experience is that if you get injured, by no means should it mean that you should stop doing exercise. It's just that you have to find what you can do. And instead of sitting around and sulking about what you can't do, which I could have easily done for the last eight months now, I could have easily been sulking and gaining weight, but I absolutely refused to do that. And so, for one, I spend a lot of my time focusing on my nutrition because that is 80% of not gaining any weight during a time like this. But then two, really looking at other workouts that I could do that benefit my body possibly in a way better way because I have so much less cortisol running through my body right now. All of those intense workouts, all of the running and the biking and even the intense strength training puts so much cortisol into the body and that is really hard on the body over time. So I just sort of have, other than the fact that I have pain in my knee and my glute, my body feels better than ever because I don't put it under so much stress anymore and I'm doing exercise in a different way, which I always tell you, shock your system with something new. And that's what I have given to myself over the last six to eight months. So just wanna encourage anyone out there, if you're struggling, because you're injured or maybe because you're aging and you're not moving the same as you used to, which hi, I, I feel definitely like I'm that person too, there's things that you can do. So feel free also to reach out to me because I wanna make sure that people are still moving even if they need to move in a new way because that will benefit you more than anything and you just never want to stop moving. Now, all of that being said, let's get to 
the topic today, which is walking. And you might be a runner out there and you might be an endurance athlete and I have a ton of triathletes that follow me and you might be like, okay, this episode is not for me. That is definitely not true. (laughs) This episode is for every single person of every single age who wants to be fit, strong, and healthy in mind and in body. Now, a lot of the information coming today is from Harvard Health. So I went out and I was looking at some of the top information out there about walking. And again, you might think, well, this is too elementary for me. Well, I thought so too. I would have never said, okay, when I turn 50, my only cardio is going to be walking. And if I weren't injured right now and have gone through what I've gone through, I might have not gotten to the place where I realized what the incredible benefits are of something so simple and yet so effective and important for your body. Now, Harvard Health talks about five benefits and they even call them surprising benefits of walking because so many people just take walking for granted. They absolutely take walking for granted and I just don't want you to, but I also wanna tell you there are certain ways you need to do it if you're trying to make it effective for a workout and even for I would say weight loss or weight maintenance, all right? Now the very first thing they talk about is they say that walking counteracts the effects of weight promoting genes. Harvard researchers looked at 32 obesity promoting genes in over 12,000 people to to determine how much these genes actually contribute to body weight. They then discovered that among the study participants who walked briskly for about an hour a day, the effects of those genes were cut in half, which is amazing cut in half. So that's so important, a great study that was done. The number two, they say, walking helps tame a sweet tooth. Well, I know we all have those out there, right? A pair of studies from the University of Exeter found that a 15-minute walk can curb cravings for chocolate and even reduce the amount of chocolate you eat in stressful situations. And the latest research confirms that walking can reduce cravings and intake of a variety of sugary snacks. Now, this is a reason I often tell my clients, if you are an emotional eater, If you could do yourself one favor, write down this note for yourself. All of you out there can do this right now. That says, under a stressful situation, I promise to go for a 15-minute walk before I head to the refrigerator or the kitchen for something to soothe me. And this is a perfect example. Why? Because studies are done that show that just a 15-minute walk can help crave I should say curb your craving for those sweets. And so for emotional eaters, walking can be a huge key in sort of putting the emotional eating at bay to stop it before it happens or at least tame it a a whole lot before it's even going to get out of control. So don't overlook walking in those stressful times. If something's going on at work, something's going on in your household, step outside and go for a 15 minute walk. I mean, that's the best thing about walking is you can do it anywhere. It doesn't require any money. It doesn't require anything special. There's no equipment, right? So take advantage. Now, the third thing that they say about walking is that it reduces the risk of developing breast cancer. Now, I don't know about you, but that's pretty awesome and I'm pretty sure I wanna be a part of reducing that risk for myself. Now, researchers already know that any kind of physical 
activity blunts the risk of breast cancer. But American Cancer Society study that zeroed in on walking in particular found that women who walked seven or more hours a week had a 14% lower risk of breast cancer than those who walked three hours or fewer per week. And walking provided this protection even for the women with breast cancer risk factors, such as being overweight or using supplemental hormones. So ladies, it's so important. Men get breast cancer too, but definitely ladies, if you're not doing any kind of cardiovascular workouts, you need to be, but walking can be it and it definitely can help in these instances. Number four, they say that walking eases joint pain. And several studies have found that walking reduces arthritis-related pain and that walking five to six miles a week can even prevent arthritis from forming in the first place. Walking protects the joints, especially the knees and hips, which are most susceptible to osteoarthritis, and it does this by lubricating them and strengthening the muscles that support them. Now, again, speaking from experience, I can tell you that I have less pain in my entire body since I have been doing walking as my only cardiovascular exercise. So no, it hasn't healed my knee and it's not gonna heal my glute, but I was having a lot of aches and pains from A, not working out very much due to my injuries, and also because I have scoliosis, I tend to have a lot of back problems. Well, when I started walking on this more sort of religious daily kind of way for my schedule, I found that my body was definitely feeling better, less joint pain. So moving the body with something as simple as walking is definitely going to benefit any of you who suffer from joint pain. And I'm going to tell you now, as you get older, you just kind of start feeling those things. <laughs> okay. Now, the last thing that Harvard Health talks about is they say that walking boosts your immune function. It can help protect you during cold and flu season. There was a study done of over 1,000 men and women, and they found that those who walked at least 20 minutes a day, at least five days a week, had 43% fewer sick days than those who exercise once a week or less. And if they did get sick, it was for a shorter duration and their symptoms were much milder. All five of these things are an absolute must in our life. Who doesn't want to boost our immune function? I mean, nobody likes getting sick, right? Who doesn't want to keep joint pain as far away from our life as possible? Who doesn't want to reduce the risk of developing breast cancer? Who doesn't want to tame that sweet tooth? I don't know about you, but it's hard to do without some kind of tactic. And now you know that walking can be a huge benefit. And who doesn't want to have the effects of the weight promoting genes or the counteraction, I should say, of that with walking. These are all such important things and it's just with putting one foot in front of the other. Now again, we are gonna talk a little bit about how to make it more effective. But then there's also the other aspect of walking that I have found tremendous. And that's the mental side of walking. There's a lot of mental benefits of walking. I almost feel like walking becomes a moving meditation. And so when I walk, there are no headphones at all. I do not carry my phone. I really go out. I take a walk in nature. And if it's raining out, then I will get on the treadmill. 
that's not going to have the same mental benefit. So I like to get out as much as possible. And while the physical benefits are absolutely exceptional, the mental boost that you can get from adding a walk to your daily routine might actually be a little more immediate than the physical benefits. There was a study by Stanford University and they found that walking increased creative output by an average of 60%. Researchers labeled this type of creativity as divergent thinking, which they define as a thought process used to generate creative ideas by exploring many possible solutions. According to the study, walking opens up the free flow of ideas and it is a simple and robust solution to the goals of increasing creativity and increasing physical activity, which makes sense since science shows that engaging in activities that allow our minds to wander promotes a mental state conducive to innovative ideas and even those aha kind of moments, right? I definitely have a ton of those when I'm on a walk. But it's not only your creativity that will benefit from the mental lift, the act of actually walking, it's also proven to be a mood booster. There was a study that just 12 minutes of walking resulted in an increase in bigger attentiveness, uh, joviality, they call it. And walking is definitely also been shown to give people more self-confidence versus the same time spent sitting. So interesting, right? And again, it's just putting one foot in front of the other. Now, walking in nature, which is my absolute favor, was found to reduce ruminating over negative experiences, which increases activity in the brain associated with negative emotions and raises the risk of depression. So it's going to reduce that. Walking, reducing the risk of depression. Again, who doesn't want that? We all have those days. We all have an off day. We all have a day we don't feel great. We all go through times, to be quite honest, that are low times. When we have those times, it is important to get outside, take walks. I I don't think I have yet to come back from a walk where I didn't feel better after it than I felt before. Now, another wonderful thing about walking, and this is important as we age, trust me, walking has also been shown to improve memory and prevent the deterioration of brain tissue. As we age, that happens, team. And so walking is shown to improve these things. Another thing is that psychologists studying how exercise relieves anxiety and depression suggest that a 10-minute walk, only 10 minutes, may be just as good as a 45-minute workout when it comes to relieving the symptoms of anxiety and boosting mood. So another great thing to tell your teenagers if they are experiencing a lot of anxiety. I bring that up because I hear about it more and more and more. Those in high school have more anxiety than they've ever had. Some people think it's social media. Some people think it's since COVID. Whatever the case may be, studies are showing that just a 10-minute walk might help relieve those symptoms of anxiety and boost their moods. So encourage your teenagers, your young kids, or even yourself when you're having those down times or feelings of anxiety to go out for a 10-minute walk. It is definitely going to help you. 
Now, how do you get the most out of your walk? Because I'm going to tell you this. There's different kinds of walking. When I say I'm going out for my walk, for my workouts now, I'm not talking about casually walking, meaning I'm trying to get my heart rate up. In order for it to be a cardiovascular workout, I have to actually get my heart rate up. Now, because I am very physically fit, it is actually very hard for me to get my heart rate up just from walking. But there's a few different things that you can do and that I have learned to do that will help you along the way. The first one is basically just going out with a plan. So it's no different than any time I give my client a workout. I always say, I want you to follow a plan. Whether you're following my strength video, that is a set plan. You're gonna put it in, you're gonna get it done. If I just told you use some weights and you had to figure it out on your own, you're never gonna get a very good workout that way, right? The same thing goes for your walk. I want it to have some kind of plan. So a lot of my clients who cannot run, they do my audio run workouts as a power walk. And those will include intervals. So a great thing you can do when you're walking is like one minute on, one minute off. When I say one minute on, I mean pick up your speed to a power walk, use those arms back and forth, make them in a 90 degree angle with those elbows and forearms, and power walk hard for one minute and then give yourself one minute where you can slow down and recover. Do that 10 times and see how that feels. You're more likely to get that heart rate up when you do those kind of intervals. Another thing you can do is hill walking. So if you have a hill in your neighborhood or there's one you can drive to, you can actually use the hill as your interval. So sometimes what I'll do is I have a really big hill here by my house and I will go up the hill five times, up and down the hill five times. It's a long hill. If it was a shorter hill, I'd probably do it 10 times. Now, the, in the beginning, I always first warm up with just a basic walk, first just ease into it, and then the first time I go up the hill, I do it at just a regular pace because I think we all know that walking up a hill will increase your heart rate right off the bat. You don't even have to pick up your pace. If you're going up a hill, your heart rate is going to climb. It's one of the only times I can really get my heart rate up walking. Then the second time I do the hill, I try to pick up my pace a little bit, the third time a little more, and if that's the fastest that I can go, then that's what I will do to get it to my five times. That is a walking workout. So it's not just going out for a casual walk. Now that is not to say you shouldn't go for a casual walk maybe once or twice a week, because I do that too. <laughs> because just like everything, I'm always telling you guys, you don't wanna do the same thing every day. You wanna balance things out. Everything doesn't have to be a hard workout. And to get some of these mental benefits, of walking, sometimes those are the more casual days of workout. So like, you know, I take my dog for an hour walk, I'm looking at nature, I'm out there, I'm breathing in the air, and I get a lot of those aha moments when I'm out there. Sometimes I'm thinking about work. What program are we gonna do next? What am I gonna create? When am I gonna do it? Sometimes I'm thinking about family, whatever it is. Those are usually on my more casual walks. And I like to do those maybe twice a week. So using intervals for speed, using intervals 
for hill work. Those are all fantastic. And then increasing those intervals over time is another one. So maybe you did one minute, one minute, one minute on, one minute off five times. Maybe the next week you do one minute on, one minute off 10 times. Maybe then you go to one minute on, 30 seconds off. 10 times. You can change how long the on is. You can change how long the recovery is. Lots of ways to keep it also engaging. Because I don't know about you, but yes, like if I went out for a casual one hour walk every single day, it might get a little bit boring. That's why I like to actually still have a workout. So like often I'm doing my run power audio workouts as my power walks, so I follow those audio workouts, or Willpower also has the audio workouts. There's, I have a plethora of audio runs that you can do for your walks, and when you have that, that plan and that program, it becomes a more solid workout. So I, I just have to tell you that you can still burn calories, you can still really stay very fit, and yet you're not gonna get probably as big a cortisol stress dump from this type of workout. And overall, that is going to be a huge benefit to your body. We don't want so much cortisol running through our body all the time. Now, you might be thinking the same thing that I was thinking back in the day, which was, oh my God, how am I ever gonna burn enough calories to not gain weight? Or maybe even you're thinking you're trying to lose weight. Because no, you're not going to burn as many calories walking as you're going to running. I have not done it yet. I promise you, I have not figured that one out. You're just not going to. But what I have learned in the last eight months, my weight has shifted. Of course it shifted somewhat. I mean, you have to understand, I was training for a marathon right before this. I was running six days a week. I was lifting very heavy. I was very, very active. I was moving all the time and I went straight into sedentary, meaning in the beginning, I couldn't walk for six weeks. I couldn't do anything for six weeks. And then I started building up the upper body and the core back in. So I gained two to three pounds right off the bat, probably gained like four to five pounds in the first month or so, but very quickly it dropped back to two to three pounds. And that's where I, see, I seem to be. I'm about two to three pounds from where I normally am, um, meaning a little heavier than I normally am. But two to three pounds, like so far no one has been able to notice. And I fit into all of my clothes still. I fit into my skinny jeans still. So I'm not gonna make myself crazy right now while I have two injuries if I can only if I can maintain gaining only two pounds, I can totally live with that. Now, if my weight were to go up over five pounds, I probably couldn't live with that. Now, I'm not saying that me being five pounds heavier would be the end of the world, but I know where I feel good in my body, and I don't think I would feel good if I was five plus pounds. Not to mention that as we get older, if I gain five pounds right now, it's harder to take off every single year that I get older. Not to mention, if I gain five pounds, what if that becomes six pounds? What if that becomes seven pounds? And before you know it, I'm up to 10 pounds overweight. I personally, I don't want to be there. So I make sure I use my nutrition to keep things on track with how many calories I am burning right now. So that is something that you definitely still have to do. I'm not telling you that you're going to be able to eat the same way you did before if you stop running and are now only going to walk. But what I am telling you is there is a way to do this 
without having to run anymore and not really gain weight to be able to maintain. I basically maintain where I'm at right now, two pounds overweight for the last four months. I feel pretty good about that. Um, and I could probably dial my nutrition in even more if I wanted to probably drop all the weight. I just don't think it's necessary. I'm perfectly happy here. I'm very healthy. I don't need to be like any more crazy than I already am, right? So walking is a tremendous workout. And like I said, when I'm healed, God bless, I get healed. Like my only goal is to have no pain in 2023. That is my biggest, or 2024. That is my biggest goal. 2023, I'm just chalking it up to not a great year physically. If I don't run the whole year, that's totally fine with me. But 2024, I want to be able to do whatever I want to do. But that doesn't mean I'm going to go back to 10 plus mile runs anymore. I'd like to be able to do a few. I'd like to be able to run short. I don't know if I'll ever run a marathon again in fear of ever being back in this place with pain. I just don't want to do it. I want to have grandchildren one day and I want to be able to run all over the park with them and I want to walk upstairs with them and I never want a setback to impact me being with my family. So these are the things that I think about as I age and I feel blessed that I can walk and still maintain where I'm at. Now, I'm not just walking. We should also just do a little side note. I am doing the walking for my cardiovascular activity, and you should be doing cardiovascular activity every single week. Some people think that strength training is all you need to do. I disagree heavily. You still need cardiovascular uh, activity. You want your heart to be cardiovascularly strong. Trust me, trust me, trust me. But I am able to do upper body strength work. I am able to do core work. And for the first few months of the year, I was primarily lifting very, very heavy. What I was finding is that my upper body and my core, I was lifting very heavy and I was having more back pain than ever. My hip was hurting me more than before. My knee was hurting me more than ever. It was like too much strength is not good as well. Lifting too heavy, just just doing that, it's just, it's too much. So that's when I started getting into a lot of other type of modalities for strengthening my body and doing weight training that don't just incorporate heavy weights. I think we just have to change it up all the time, which is really what I'm always recommending. So right now I currently do a lot of walking. I walk every single day. Um, I do yoga still, I do a lot of mobility, I do ballet type exercise right now that I'm really excited to bring um, to a program soon, kind of like bar workouts, but a little twist on it the way I like to do things, I always like to give it a twist. I'm doing uh, Pilates types workout, again, with a little twist. Pilates has never been my favorite thing until recently because I've changed a little of how I like to do it and it is benefiting my body in such a wonderful way and a lot of stretching as well. Overall, 50 years old, if I can do all these wonderful things and maintain my health, then I'm happy. And if I'm not overdoing it from 50 on, I'm happy. I don't regret all the things that I've done in the past because they have been a very big part of my life and accomplishing two Ironmans gave me a lot of confidence in my life to do anything in the world. Um, doing eight marathons also has given me incredible confidence so I don't look back and have any regrets but I do think it's a lot on your body and if you're anything like me and you want to age gracefully and be pain-free I just encourage you to not overdo it not telling you not to do endurance sports. I think everyone's amazing out there who continues to do them. I'm just saying maybe don't only do them and don't do too many of them. Really honor yourself, 
Honor your body and what it gives to you every single day so that you can feel good in your body and have no pain because I'm gonna tell you right now, if you're someone sitting there listening to my podcast and you have no pain, take one minute and appreciate how good that feels because the day you get injured, you can't even remember what it was like when you didn't have any pain. So embrace those really wonderful days. I look forward to being back there. I know I will get back there again, although sometimes I'm like, will I ever be pain-free again? I don't know, it's, it's a very weird position to be in to have pain for as long as I've had it, but I'm confident and I'm optimistic that I will get there again. But again, embrace what you have, embrace what you can do. Everybody, enjoy the rest of your summer. I hope to work with so many of you in September. If you do wanna work with me in August, I have a few spots open still. Of course, I'm still taking clients through August, but September is sort of what I always call the New Year's for many moms especially, like the kids go back to school and the moms are ready to get back on track. That is when you can definitely start an Earn That Body program to get in your best shape before the new year and the holidays even start to be a glimmer. All right, everyone, thank you so much. This is the Earn That Body podcast, always here to bring you fitness, health, and nutrition information you can put into play right away. For more information about Kim Eagle's online programs, go to earnthatbody.com or check out Earn That Body on all forms of social media, including Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Pinterest, and YouTube. 